Hey, Mighty Parents, a quick update. You're going to hear about a coupon code at the end of today's sponsor tip. And I wanted to let you know, I got an email from our sponsor, Trumi, and they're actually offering a better deal until December 31st. So from now through December 31st, you can actually get a free smartphone from them. So listen to the tip and make sure to use the coupon code Mighty Parenting when you check out at Trumi. A quick tip from Trumi. Talk to your child about cell phones. Ask them what they think is a healthy and safe way to use their smartphone. Rules and restrictions might keep our kids safe now, but what happens when they're adults and the restrictions disappear? We wanna help our kids discover the best way to live well with technology. And that means talking to them, having conversations, finding out what they're thinking, and guiding them in finding a safe and healthy path for themselves. And if you want a strong partner in supporting your child in developing those healthy habits, work with our sponsor, Trumi Wireless. Trumi is a completely customizable experience in a smartphone. Now you can have a conversation with your child, then sit down together to set their phone up in a way that supports them. And you do all of this right in the parent portal so they won't change settings on a whim. You can learn more at Trumi.com and use the code MIGHTYPARENTING to get $50 off your phone. And if you want to know my thoughts on how you can use Trumi, just send me an email at connect@mightyparenting.com, and I'll be happy to share more thoughts and tips. Welcome to Mighty Parenting, a podcast with real, raw, and relevant talk about raising teens and parenting young adults. Welcome to Mighty Parenting, a community where we help you raise teens and parent 20-somethings so they can become happy, successful, and emotionally healthy adults. I'm Sandy Fowler, stress relief guide, speaker, and host of the Mighty Parenting podcast with a quick reminder to go to mightyparenting.com and get your free email series on how to talk to your teen. I wanted to make sure to remind you because I just got an email from a parent telling me how it's helped him to stop jumping on his teen and how that is helping them in their relationship. And I love hearing those stories. So pop on over and grab that. And today our conversation is with Dr. Aditya Nagrath. He is the founder and CEO of Elephant Learning, where he helps kids build math intuition and overcome math anxiety. And today he is talking to us about learning math and about math anxiety and helping us shift some of our thoughts and mindset about what happens when our kids learn or don't learn math easily and well. Dr. Negrath, welcome to Mighty Parenting. Hi, thank you for having me, Sandy. Yeah, I appreciate you being here. As I said before we started the show, I am a bit of a math geek in my former life. And I come from a family of engineers and accountants. And it's just something that's been comfortable for us. And yet I've seen areas where it could have caused problems for my girls along the way, had we not naturally done some of the things that you talked about in your book when I read that. So let's start with this idea of our kids, they either don't like math or they find it to be a difficult subject. What do you actually see as the core issue in that situation? Well, the core issue typically is that there is a misunderstanding of the fundamental concept. So uh, like in plain language, that means that they just don't get the language of mathematics. Um, 
starting with the numbers, right? Like if you don't have a strong grasp on what the numbers are, and then you go into kindergarten, um, then you're going to have a harder time understanding the teacher. And there's going to be less one-on-one time because it's typically 30 to one in a classroom. And, you know, like if you're just able to proficiently, um, you know, accomplish the task that they're setting out in front of you, it, it's easy to get passed along, even though there's not a strong understanding. Um, the way we like to describe it is like the prerequisite for kindergarten is that the student count to 10. To kindergarten, that means saying, or to kindergarten, that means give me 10 things, and the student is able to slide over 10 things and stop on 10. Uh, before I started this project, I thought it was the student says the numbers one through 10. And there's a big gap there. So as soon as you start to recognize that gap and then apply it to the rest of the concepts of mathematics, such as addition, uh, multiplication, uh, what are fractions, then you start to see um, you start to see like, oh, OK, like if I could make it about the language, then they can understand the teacher when the teacher's talking about the procedures. So math being a language, I think, is a very interesting concept for us. And for me, someone who is not a fan of learning foreign languages and does struggle with that, but did not struggle with math, I think that helps me get a better feel for why a child might be struggling. But you gave this example of counting to 10, saying the numbers versus sliding things over to me. I'd like to understand a little bit more how how one is the actual language of math and the other is not, and yet we thought it was. Well, okay. In in one example, uh, the student is demonstrating that they truly understand what 10 means by actually providing you 10 things. And in the other example, they could just be saying the numbers. Um, so they might have the understanding, but they're not demonstrating it. So like from a coaching perspective or a teaching perspective, I can't give it the check mark on the student understands what 10 is. I see. So if someone, my daughter does this, she speaks French to keep practicing when she's around the house. And I could perhaps repeat a word she said. And yet I have no idea what that word actually means. That would be a child counting to 10, just saying one, two, three, four, five. Whereas potentially. Right. Okay. Right. So if they can count to 10, that's great. I mean, that is a skill we want them to have. And yet we need to follow up beyond hearing them say those to go, great. Would you give me 10 apples out of the fridge and see if they can exactly. manage that? that? That's exactly right. And so then the challenge is from a systematic perspective, like if you look at the United States education system is that only the top 20% income earners have their children enter with that because like that, that misunderstanding between parent and standard uh, is, is exasperated by income. And it's like the top 20% income earners basically send their children to preschool where they are then insured to have at least that standard. But the funny thing about the whole thing is that like children at that age are geared to learn language. And we know that. And so like the thing is, is that like if you organize the language for them, they can pick it up very quickly. And that's why we get students that are four years old and we get testimonials on our website where 
the parent is saying, you know what, like we just watched our four-year-old daughter find one third on a number line. Well, as I said, I have, you know, I'm a math geek. I come from a family of math geeks. And when my girls, my nieces, when they were little, we would just naturally do things like being in the grocery store and going, okay, I need seven apples for a pie and I want two red apples. Can you get me two red apples? And they would go get them and then be, okay, how many more do I need for the pie? And that was just how we talked with our kids. My uncle would babysit them and he'd have them in the kitchen creating right triangles on his linoleum with, with tape. <laughs> and he'd be having fun and talking to them about Pythagorean theorems and things, but not from that computational aspect. It was the language, which is what I hear you talking about. Absolutely, right? Like what the school is going to be very good at is teaching those procedures, right? Like, oh, how do you use this to solve a problem? At the end of the day, right, like the system actually rewards teachers uh, based on the scores of the uh, the exams, right? So if the, if the children are doing well on the exams, the teacher could see a raise. And it's, it's typically uh, with math scores specifically, right? So everything then becomes geared to helping the student pass the test. The challenge is, though, is that if you don't understand what's happening underneath it, all of that ends up being useless, right? And it's not that you're not going to learn it, right? We, I, this guy actually showed up on my doorstep yesterday. Uh, like we had this guy who who helps us out with our yard. He told me he can't read, but like he can he can definitely add, he can definitely multiply because you know you give him money and he figures it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so in the school situation, they're being taught more of the, that memorization type of learning. It's memorize your addition, your subtraction, memorize the steps to solving a problem. But what you're telling us is that our kids get lost when they don't understand the principles and concepts. And it starts, we're talking about some very basic things. We're talking about counting and we're talking about addition, but that's where it starts. I, we, our kids went to uh, a, a they went to school for a couple of years and then we homeschooled and my youngest was very young. And I remember we were first year homeschooling, we were doing math and she needed to get the concept of a ones column and a tens column. And we went through that and it didn't make sense to her for a couple of days and she was frustrated. So I just put it away and we did something else for a few days. And then she was looking at the calendar because we had this huge calendar on the wall. And she's like, oh, today's the 12th. The two is in the ones column and the one is in the tens column. And then we pulled it back out. And that was a privilege I had to be able to do that with my daughter. And the reason I'm sharing that story is because that's what happens to our kids and how they get lost. Because if she'd been in a situation where a teacher who has 30 kids may not realize in that moment that this one child didn't get that single concept... And in a few days or a week, she could have been lost and maybe never, ever fully caught up. Or she could have decided in a couple of weeks, oh, I don't get math. And then had that story in her head and it could have changed her entire trajectory. Yeah, yeah, basically that, that's, that's the story. And that's the cause of the math anxiety, right? When, when you start to say, well, it looks like everyone else in the classroom understands, um, but I don't understand. 
that's when like you start to make up like stories about yourself. And so, I mean, one, like it is important that like, you know, like we have these things when the teacher's talking about it, because otherwise uh, the comparison I like to give is it's like going to a third year biochem course. You or I wouldn't understand the jargon that the, that the professor had put together over the last three years. So we wouldn't understand the lecture. We'd get up and walk out, but you, you can't get up and walk out of third grade. So ultimately um, this is the base problem. Uh, but the nice thing is, is that like these students still have mathematical experiences from then on. So like, if we just give them that language, then those experiences start to make sense. And actually that's where confidence comes from. The, the anxiety around it starts to go away because then they start to look at it as just a misunderstanding. And I love that word, a misunderstanding. I love seeing a kid who hasn't necessarily gotten math and they've been struggling and then they get it and that light bulb goes off and that aha moment comes into play. So you mentioned math anxiety. What does that look like in our kids? Like, how do we know if our child is dealing with math anxiety? In, in you know, we're especially we're talking the teenagers going through, you know, maybe junior high, high school, entering college. I think if you've got a student with math anxiety, you, you're basically on top of it. The, the challenge is, is that they're becoming emotional around mathematics. And, um, and then the question is, is, you know, like, are we helping that? So like, as from a coaching perspective, are we helping to feed those emotions? Are we making those emotions wrong? And so that's really the whole thing. Like, the thing about mathematics uh, is that, like, if you're doing it right, it feels a little bit like basketball. And if you don't answer the question correctly, or if you're looking at something and you think it's true, but it's actually false, or vice versa, um, in the end, it's not it's like the ball not going into the hoop. And so the thing is, is that, like, if you want to be Michael Jordan then it can't mean anything that the ball didn't go into the hoop. It just means try again, right? Keep trying until the ball goes into the hoop a lot. So if math is a language and there's a lot of memorization and uh, working through procedures happening in classrooms, it seems like our child could do well in math for many years, even if they don't have a full understanding of these core principles. Is that true? So like, if you think about it from the perspective of like uh, mathematics from college, like, so before the interview, we were kind of talking about that, right? If you look at all of the elementary materials, it's basically definition. It's the numbers, it's um, addition, subtraction, multiplication, division, the fractions, uh, and then some procedures around fractions. And then we start to introduce what's a variable. We don't actually start having mathematical conversations until we get to algebra. And so like, if we look at math from the perspective of how do we do it? So like, um, that that seems to be like what it's geared towards. The student comes and asks, how do I do, how do I do this? And you know, like as a human being, even with all the knowledge that I have, it's hard for me to not just show them how to do it. Like if I'm not paying attention, I might because that's what they asked me. So like, I don't, I'm not faulting anyone for doing this, right? It's just natural. 
But if you're focused on how do you do it and not that language, then when we start having conversations, things get confusing. So let's talk about like, for example, if you don't understand what multiplication is and you just memorize the times tables. So you memorize the multiplication tables, but if I show you seven rows of seven things, you're counting them to get the answer, for example. And um, now I show you seven times X equals 49. Or just 7x equals 49. I mean, x looks like the multiplication symbol. And we're telling you that this is a variable. And we're trying to tell you some things about it, but like everything up until now has been confusing, right? Mm -hmm. So like, what what does that even mean to you, right? Like, how do I, like, and then you start asking, but how do I solve this? And the problem is, is that in algebra, there is no how do I solve it. There's techniques that you can apply to solve it. Right. And they're going to give you like, here's a technique and here's a whole bunch of problems that use that technique and you'll get the answer. And then here's another technique. But in reality, like when you get to the test, you got to figure out which technique to use. And so there is no how, like there's no exact how do I do it? And like there is, but there isn't sort of story like we've programmed computers to do it. But like that's not what we're giving to human beings. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Well, what I'm wondering about is when they're young, they're starting out They're, as you said, learning the definitions, there's memorization going on, there are simple procedures they're learning to follow. So I feel like, yeah, some kids, we already know, like, yeah, they struggled with math. Other kids, we might've thought they were doing okay. And then suddenly they're not. And as parents, we might be sitting there and looking at it and going, oh, they're not studying. They're getting lazy. What's wrong with them? Like what behavior changed? when the issue could actually be that, no, they were doing the work all along, but they didn't understand the concepts. They didn't know, they could rattle off a definition, but they didn't understand what that definition meant. They didn't have any experience around it. Well, so like, what is the definition of multiplication? Having many groups of a size. Well, yeah. So like they have, that's an experience, right? So like it's vocabulary, like at the level of colors, they have to have that experience of multiplying to truly understand it. So that's kind of the example I was giving, right? Like is if you memorize the multiplication tables, but now you're presented with seven X equals 49, right? Seven X, X looks like the multiplication sign, right? Like you're already confused as to what multiplication is. You just kind of memorize the tables and now you're looking at an algebra problem, right? And so the challenge is, is that like, as the student, you're still looking for how do I do it? But when you get to algebra, it's not so much about how do you do it, but rather which techniques do you apply to get the answer? And so that's why it might look like they're doing okay, but then like when they get to algebra, people start to fall out. It's because they don't have that base language to work with from a language perspective. They may have mem they may have been able to memorize and procedures and, and do procedures to pass the exams and get to the next grade, but there's some gaps that if we fill, then they're able to participate in the conversation. Um, and so that's that's really what I'm saying. Yeah. And as a parent, what I'm thinking about is two things. One is don't necessarily look for behavioral change in them. Don't look at it as them suddenly underachieving, not putting in the effort, because that is not necessarily the case. What we want to look at is 
if they suddenly have an issue in math where they haven't before, what we actually want to do is go back, right, and figure out where their gap is to, to complete that understanding so they have a full understanding of all these definitions that have led up to whatever point they're at? Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of the thing, right? Like, if, if we can identify where the language is breaking down, and I'm going to give you a concrete example, then we can start to recover them. So like, for example, I was on a call with someone yesterday. And uh, the student, I think, said, like, um, I'm looking at this problem, but I'm confused by the x. And like, this was well into algebra. And so like, I said to her, like, um, Okay, so think back, because I was looking at her chart, I could see she answered some of these questions. We had these questions before you enter algebra, and this is what we do to try to get them to understand what a variable is, is we say, so the problem looked like, um, I'm thinking of a number, call the number cat, and when you add three to the number, it equals nine. So you saw problems like that. She says, yeah. So I said, in this case, that's what's happening with the X. So now immediately she was actually able to answer the question. She got it very, very quickly after that. And so it's just this breakdown in language that's causing the delay. It's a combination of that and the anxiety. So there was some emotion, um, like I think she was crying uh, when this was happening. Like they kind of call us crying already. Like they had a problem in the app and then, oh, okay, let's get a, let's get a coach on the phone. So we're actually kind of trained at, you know, talking to the student, trying to get them over the emotion and then showing them, no, you can do this, right? And so like the key really is, is believing that they can do it. Right. Cause like we want to find some behavioral problem or we want to find some like fix. We want to find some fix that's fast and that's easy. This is the fast and easy fix. Let's make sure that they understand what it is. Now, if you got someone who understands what it is and they're telling you that they don't want to do it, I stop coaching them. There's no, well, that's, way to a, different that right. that... that's a different problem, right? That's a different problem. Mm-hmm. That would be the behavioral problem. So now if they're telling, like, right, like if you're telling you that and that to a kid that might look like, you know, he's telling me I don't want to do algebra. Well, it's not my job to convince you to do algebra. Um, but like, hey, honestly, I don't understand because, you know, most people say they want to do things, but you don't want to. So that's interesting. Well, and again, from a parenting perspective, that's for us to dive into a little to see, are they saying they don't want to do it because they have been struggling with math so long and they're just tired of this. Uh, Is it that it is suddenly an issue when it wasn't like you said, algebra is the point where everything changes. And so what they, the skills they learned to get through math so far could either be that they they've had experiences, they've built this, um, these definitions, they have this language around math. They understand what, what it means to count, what it means to multiply. All those things make sense to them in, in a more experiential way. Or it could be that they just memorized a bunch of things they needed to memorize. And either of those kids could be doing well. And then boom, you hit a point, generally algebra, where suddenly you have to take all those definitions and things and use them in a different way. So I learned a bunch of vocabulary for years and years and years. And now you actually want me to put it into sentences and paragraphs and have a coherent conversation. Yes. That I can't do that if I just have a list of words in my head. If, if it's just a list of words, I can't put them to a sentence because I don't honestly know what any of them mean. But along the way, if I have understood what each word is, then I can pick out the word I need to create a sentence. 
And so our kids can come to us and go, I don't want to do algebra because they just don't want to do it. They don't see a need for it. They think they're going to go into a career where they don't need it. And that's one thing. And that's a conversation we can have with them as parents. And I'll go into that in a minute. But the other piece is they could be saying they don't want to do it because it's just so different from what they've been doing and they suddenly don't understand it or they've, again, been struggling so long and now it's a whole new level of difficult because if they were struggling with the basic concepts and and the ideas and the definitions, now you have to take something they don't understand and use it in a whole new way, it's overwhelming. And those are issues that you guys can help with. The, I just don't want to do it. Apathy is one thing, but I don't want to do it because I don't understand it. We can help them understand either us as parents or much easier for us is to let you do that and help them understand it. Is that, does that make sense? Is that correct? It's all, yeah, it's almost exactly what I said. And, and let me add on top because like when, when I look at, I don't want to do it, there could be several reasons, right? It could be anxiety around mathematics. They don't think they can do it. Right. So like I, I tend to just from a coaching, I believe you can do it. Right. If if I truly believe it, then I believe it. You know what I mean? It sounds authentic. Um, The other thing might be a little bit of rebellion. That's what I sensed in this person uh, that I was, that I'm speaking about uh, Mm. just a moment ago, which is that like, because I gave him a quick like screener, like, well, can you do it? Do you understand the concepts? And he did. And so then like after that, I mean, again, right. Like if they're going to rebel, well, then from a coaching perspective, all I can do is mirror their rebellion so that they can see what the rebellion means. He told me he wanted to be a pilot. I said, well, you're going to have to scratch that off because you got to learn a lot of physics to become a pilot. Um, so like, then he started to look for a profession that doesn't use algebra, which is extremely challenging. But then it boils down to what the question of what is algebra sort of story, right? Because um, like we got to the cash register, like I was, you know, friends uh children and like they're like oh well can you talk to him because he's he's uh acting a little weird around math right now and so i did um but like he said i bet you like you couldn't use algebra to figure out the thing at the cash register and then he thought about it and then he was like oh well it depends on how you represent it and then i was like well okay so now you figured it out so let's talk about that we hear this all the time uh you know I don't need math, math, you know, math is, I'm not going into math or science in college. I'm not going to need that for my career. When am I going to need it in real life? Talk to us, Dr. Negrath, about how math actually shows up in real life. Sure. I'm happy to do that. So like, I mean, you can start with like, for example, uh, the, like a pilot, right. Where you, you have to learn the physics. I mean, it's, part of the training, uh, or you could go to like trade labor where, you know, you're using fractions all the time. So like, I I know some people who, uh, we had met with that, like, we're trying to make programs to help children get into construction though. The challenge was, was that like, they didn't have, uh, the experience with fractions to be able to do it. Um, and so like that ultimately becomes training on fractions. Um, and, and also, like, when you start to design things that are a little bit more complicated, like, you can call it just subtraction or addition, or you can think of it as algebra, because you're after a solution, you're after an X, it's just that maybe you've already arranged it uh, correctly, 
to get the answer. You see what I mean? So it's about how you represent it in the end. And the real challenge is, is that human beings, like, you know, if you ask me or you ask a teacher on the spot, like, when are you going to use this? We freeze. It's hard to think of it because we're using it on a daily basis so often that we don't even think about it as a tool that we're using. Um, but like, even from there, go to marketing, go to business. It, everything is so data driven now. You got to be statistically on it, right? You want to increase your odds at the table, which is the business. You want to increase your odds of success, which I mean, right there, you're talking about probability theory and how do I increase the odds, which you need to understand algebra in order to do. Uh, marketing is all data driven now. I mean, you, you're seeing what Facebook and Google and Apple are doing with ads. Um, these are all advanced statistics type stuff, which you need algebra in order to be able to understand. Um, so like, it's hard actually to look for professions that don't uh, do it or where it's not gonna be necessary. Like the humanities is kind of the go-to because it doesn't look like it. But in the end, uh, like businesses, government, everyone's trying to measure something and you gotta be able to understand your scorecard. So you look at sports, right? And even there, like people are playing money ball and that's what it is. It's like, well, if we can kind of predict the future using the statistics, just the cold hard numbers on what actually happened. Not that it means anything about the person, but like, can we design a team that will win? And just in our personal life, handling our personal finances, my husband and I ordering wood chips for the backyard. How, how many wood chips do we need? Well, what area do we want to cover? How thick do we want it to be? It, it's all math. And going beyond math, I think one of the mistakes we make is we think of math as just numbers. And you talk a lot about how math is logic and reason as well. Could you tell us a little more about that? Yeah. So like when you get to upper level mathematics, it starts to become, you know, is this statement true or false? So actually what we did was we just took that straight down to our algebra program. And so like the reason why we did that was because we want the student to have experience with looking at statements that are both true and false right? And determining, is it a true statement or is it a false statement? Because as you kind of practice that there, you start to see that everywhere. And the reason for that is because mathematics is actually a branch of philosophy. So like the tools that you're learning in mathematics are philosophical tools. So if you take a course on philosophy, they might say something like, here's the definition of love, or here's the definition of knowledge, um, according to this author. And then they're trying to explore what's true. In the end, that's what mathematics is, is. We come up with a jargon for ideas and, and then like we write down some assumptions and then we try to figure out from that what's true. And then it applies. It applies to uh, a, vast, a vast number of things. Anything in computers, you can almost do anything mathematical in it. And so like that's what makes the computers so powerful. And just working with math at any level is going to help our kids in all other areas of, of their academics and of their life, because it helps to build those logic and reasoning skills. So um, it's, I think it's also important to help our kids see that and to see that there is a point to it. And it, the point might not be that you're going to use this specific procedure or this equation or this formula, but that you will benefit from what math helps you to do. 
Yeah, I, I think I think that's a that's a good like lesson or takeaway that they can get from it, right? Because like a lot of it is just kind of practicing the language, which is, I mean, what we end up doing to learn the actual language at the same time. So like if you look at first through third grade, we give them different books to read with newer words that kind of depend on the former words. And so like they're building up a vocabulary, the quote unquote third grade vocabulary means they can read third grader books, right? So that's, and at, at that point, they basically have the language of, you know, what is the common person in the United States according to the statistics. This is great. And I find it very hopeful because I, I know that kids struggle with math. And as you said, just like language, it builds on itself from year to year. So it can feel very frustrating and depressing when they're getting older and maybe they've been struggling for a long time. But to me, it's so hopeful to know that there is a solution and it's not a solution that it takes years. It's finding those gaps and helping them fill them. And I appreciate you taking the time to come on here and share this with us and to, to let us know about elephant learning. So anyone who wants to learn more or connect with you, where can they find you online? Yeah. So yeah, if you want to learn more about elephant learning, please go to elephantlearning.com. We actually guarantee that your child will learn one year of math in three months. Um, it's all uh, focused on the essential topics that when they learn, they're going to be able to understand the teacher and you can learn more about it there. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Negrath. I think this has been a very interesting conversation. And like I said, so hopeful. Yeah, thank you, Sandy, for having me on. I really appreciate it. And anything I can do to help empower children, I'm happy to do. And Mighty Parents, thank you for being here. If you know a family that has any concerns about math at all, please let them know about this episode. And remember that if you're here, you're listening, you are a mighty parent. You got this. And I will see you next week.